Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hello Storyteller podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, we did want to give you a little bit of background about this episode. It was recorded last year at the height of the pandemic and has sort of been in our podcast vault since then. The podcast was put on hiatus for the remainder of 2020 as we all sort of rallied together to persevere and make it through. And in reviewing the episodes from last year, we decided that there was still a lot of really good and helpful and useful information, and so we wanted to release them. So we just wanted you to keep that in mind as you're listening to the episode today. But we are excited to share it with you, and we hope that you enjoy it. This week's episode is all about managing your business while living in a pandemic. We talk about pivoting your business, which a lot of people have had to do. We talk about contracts. We talk about taking care of yourself and taking proper precautions. And even though we are sort of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here, we are still very much in the midst of the pandemic. And that looks different in every person's state and every person's country. And so this episode is just chock full of information for you to think about and for you to be able to apply to your business if you are a photographer and you are trying to make it work right now. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. As always, I am Melissa and Meg's here. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Meg's a little punchy. <laughs> So just know that up front. <laughs> she just said to me that she was tired and I said, shut up because it's literally tomorrow where I am right now. But what time did you get up? Uh, I was up at, well, okay. I wasn't up at quarter of five, but I was yes. up at six. So I've been up okay. longer than okay. you have. Okay. Yes. That's why well, I'm just checking. <laughs> All right. Okay. So... <laughs> What we wanted to talk about today is really kind of strictly business focused. You know, so many of us that work as photographers, either full-time or part-time in some capacity that take on clients, us build a little bit of a struggle, (laughs) mostly because we haven't been able to have sessions (laughs) at all for the last eight weeks. So what I want, you know, what we wanted to chat with you guys about today are just a couple of bullet points of things that I've gotten questions on or things that I've experienced myself things that we've seen in the Hello Storyteller community in terms of questions. And if you paid attention at all or saw the Instagram takeover, I did it for Hello Storyteller. I talked briefly about some of these things. And so I'm going to expand a little bit on that here. So we're going to jump right in because we want to keep this short and sweet. We know y'all don't have time to be sitting at home listening to an hour long podcast because no one has that amount of time. So we're going to keep it short and sweet and to the point. So first things first, let's talk about pivoting during the pandemic. And yes, I'm going to be using a lot of alliteration because that's just what I feel like I want to do today. So, (laughs) um, and at this point, right, almost all of the 50 states are reopened in some capacity. Now that looks different for every single state. So I'm going to talk more in general terms and specifics because what's happening here in Massachusetts is different than what's happening in California and, and, you know, elsewhere in the country. But one of the questions that I've seen a lot is, how can I have other streams of income or make other income as a photographer right now if I can't hold sessions? So one of the things, right, is this idea of pivoting. So if you're, you know, right now, if you're a wedding photographer, as that is part of my business, it's, it's bleak. (laughs) 
out there right now because almost all weddings are being rescheduled till next year. So if you were someone that relies on wedding income or you're strictly a wedding photographer, or even if you do a hybrid like I do of family and wedding photography, it's 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 a little un, unsettling right now. So the beauty is that I have, you know, a strong family client base. And so those people I know are here and available. But as we know, so many people have been out of work. And photography, it's not a necessity. So people don't need to get pictures taken. And if you're in a position where you've been out of work or you've been furloughed, photography is not going to be on your list, probably of things to invest in when you have to worry about rent and mortgages and food and healthcare. So as a photographer, what are some other ways that you can bring in income? Well, people are still selling houses, right? That process is still happening and realtors need images and or videos of their homes. And I'm going to toss it to Meg here for a minute because I don't know if you guys know, but Meg has a real estate photography business. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Um, so that's something that I'm going to let her talk about really, really quickly and why that's still a viable option right now for photographers. Yeah. So I have done real estate photography for what, two or three years now. And it's something I've just, I, it was something I was doing before I started thoughts of HS and then I ran away with HS and that was my true passion. So, um, but I recently went spring hit was getting lots of calls, right, Mel, Mm -hmm. for um, real estate sessions. So um, there's definitely a great market in it. And um, especially in this day and age, we're all online. I mean, especially that's the, for me, I feel we're moving to that new age of everything is just going to be virtual for the most part. So virtual images, virtual tours, things of that nature, right? People may be feeling somewhat uneasy of going in and touring someone's home they realtors are going to need good quality pictures. They're going to want good quality video of like a walkthrough of those homes to be able to show to their prospective clients. People are still moving. People are still buying houses. They're still doing all of that. So what I would say is reach out to real estate agents in your area and say, Hey, do you have an in-house photographer? Do you have someone that's doing this for you? This is a service that I'm offering. This is a service I'm providing and see what happens. I, you know, I do uh, real estate photography occasionally, not in any like, you know, strong degree of regularity, but there's real estate agents in the area that have been reaching out to me saying, Hey, I've got these listings that are coming. Are you available? Yep. Sure. am. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So that's one avenue that I would encourage you to pursue stock photography. Now that's a little bit different, difficult right now, I think to kind of jump into, but I think it's just a good, you know, it's a good thing to consider. And we did um, a podcast with Leah Jones last year, all about stock photography. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. If that's something you're interested in, I know right now that there's a backlog in most stock photography companies at them reviewing images. Um, I was just talking to a photographer friend of mine last night, actually. And she was saying that, you know, there's like this a month long, basically backlog. So But that's something that is just helpful to kind of have and to research at this point, because even if you're not doing client images, a lot of times you can use work of your own family or or prior client images with permission, of course, and submit to stock. And stock isn't always super lucrative, but it, you know, a couple bucks here and there never hurt anybody anyway. 
Um, the other thing I would say is one of the things as Meg was just saying, right, that we've had to do in these last eight weeks is everything has had to go online. That means that businesses in your area that have product for sale, they need pictures of their products. And most of the time, I know, I, I see this, Meg, I'm sure you probably see this too. I go onto websites and I'm like, ugh, because the pictures are so bad of the products because people are doing the best they can from, from home, right? So they're using their iPhone or they're trying to make it work. So one of the things that I did is I reached out to the businesses in my town, the other small businesses. I was like, hey, I know you've moved online. Do you need images, pictures of your products? That's a super easy thing to do to hand off completely, you know, touch-free, right? Contact-free. They can drop the product off to your house. If they want it back, you can drop it off back to them. So that's something to do too. Do those people need interior shots of their businesses, right? So a lot of the brick and mortars have been closed for the last eight weeks. Have they done any improvements? Have they changed anything around? Do they have a new layout? Do they want updated, you know, pictures for their website or their online presence? Does their staff need headshots? Like, these are all things to do that can be done in a safe, socially distant manner that could help you bring in some other income. And even if it isn't necessarily immediately like lucrative for you, you're now at the forefront of those people's minds. So if down the road they need headshots, if down the road they want a family session, if down the road, you know, they ask, someone asks them for a photographer recommendation, now you're at the forefront of their mind. And that pivots us directly into this conversation of, a lot of the questions that I got when I was doing the Instagram takeover were about, you know, I was just starting my business before the pandemic hit. I'm moving to a new state. How do I build up a new client base? And there's a whole, that's a whole big topic. But what I would say to you is you need to be present. People are spending more time on their phones now than they ever have, myself included. Why I turned off my screen time <laughs> notification. <laughs> Because I don't need to know how much time I'm spending on my phone. I don't need that kind of silent judging from Apple. But you need to show up on social media. Meg also has a whole social media course that I would recommend that you check out too that talks all about these things as well. But part of building a business, part of building a brand, right, is, is building connections. So even if all you're doing right now is homeschooling, and taking pictures of your kids like I'm doing, you still need to show up. You need to show up on social media. You need to share what you're doing because people connect to a person. They connect to an individual when they see something in, you know, in you that reminds them of themselves or inspires them in some way. So even if you're like, well, I don't, I'm not doing any client work. I'm not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> no one's doing client work right now, but people are still showing up on social media. So you need to make sure that you're doing that. And those would be my quick little tips right now for kind of residual income and ways to, you know, to make people aware and know that you're out there. And also, if you're not shooting right now, then right now is the time that you need to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. Is your website updated? Are you blogging? Are, is your client experience you know, is it set from A to Z? So if someone wants to book a session with you whenever you're able to reopen, is that process straightforward and simple and clear? Because those are the things that when you reopen, you don't want to have to be worrying about. And now is the time that you have the time in, in theory <laughs> to, yeah. to work on some of those things. So that's the spiel on that. So now the question becomes, okay, 
we're being told that we can hold sessions again. What should I do? So everyone has to make the decision that they're most comfortable with. What I would say is make sure that you are very clear on the guidelines for your state or for your particular county or city, because they can be different, right, from city to city. So I'll give you an example. In Massachusetts, while all non-essential businesses were closed, that was specific to the brick and mortar location. Small businesses that were non-essential who had to close their brick and mortar locations were still encouraged to continue working while doing so in a socially distant manner. So I could have been holding sessions this entire time. Now, I made the decision not to because I felt it was important to do my part to, you know, to flatten the curve and to stay safe and stay home and think about other people that were immunocompromised. And honestly, the weather here in New England is really hard to shoot in outdoors until May anyway. So now with that in mind, I have reopened sessions. So, but you have to make the decision that makes the most sense for you. What I would say is that outdoor sessions, for the most part, can be done in a socially distant manner, right? That's why they created Zoom lenses. (laughs) So, you know, I did a session last night, a maternity session, and I used my 85, I used my 50, I did use my 35 for some more environmental shots. It was not hard at all to make sure that I was much farther than six feet. Six feet is actually not that far away from somebody else. So for the most part, I find that I'm shooting generally from at least 15, 20 feet. I had a mask. That part, I'll be honest with you, is a little challenging. And I had asked my clients if they were comfortable if I was, you know, 30, 40 feet away, if I pulled down my mask so I could talk to them and they said yes. But I'm also making sure that I'm very clear with my clients about what they can expect from me in sessions right now and what I'm expecting from them. Now, when it comes specifically to newborn sessions, this could be a little controversial because obviously I know there's a lot of studio-based newborn photographers. I'm going to talk specifically about in-home lifestyle newborn sessions. I have made the decision based on guidance from the state, based on guidance from my brother, who is a scientist, a senior uh, research scientist, that I am not doing in-home newborn sessions, at least for the next couple of months. For me, the risk of that is far greater than I want to even tiptoe into, not only for the safety of my clients and their newborn baby, but also for my own family that I have to go back to after the fact. So I've been very clear with my newborn clients that they have two options. I can do a through the window session with them, which there's a blog post that's going to be coming up on Hello Storyteller, hopefully tomorrow. So by the time you guys hear this, it should already be up on the blog, talking specifically about a through the window session and what that looks like and how you can do it. So a through the window session at their home where I stay outside and they're inside, or we do it completely outside. I have to be okay with the fact that Some people may choose not to book with me because I'm sure you can probably find a photographer somewhere who's like, yeah, fine. No, I'll go to your house. That's not a problem. That for me is far too risky. I would never want to unintentionally, you know, no one wants to go to work every day and, you know, or to go to work and either be injured or injure somebody else. And for me, stepping into somebody's home and spending a session, you know, an hour long session with them greatly increases both of our risks you know, if we're somehow asymptomatic of infecting one another. And I just am not willing to risk that right now. 
so you obviously have to make the decision that is you're most comfortable with. But that brings me to my next point, which is legal documentation. So when it comes specifically to sessions moving forward, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you have a COVID liability addendum to your contract. So what does that mean? It means that you talk specifically about what you're doing, right, to ensure you're the best possible way that you can to prevent anyone from being infected or sick. And it also means that they understand that they are entering into a situation where they could potentially, obviously unintentionally, but potentially be infected. You need this in your contract. It's vitally important to make sure that you have your bases covered for yourself and for your clients. My recommendation for any type of legal documentation is that, well, so my recommendation, if you're looking for templates, would be to go to the legal page. So the legal page, P-A-I-G-E. Her name is Paige, obviously. She is a photographer. She's also a lawyer. She's based in Montana, I believe. She's fantastic. If you're in the photography community, all if you're connected with HoneyBook, you've seen her. She's been around this whole entire pandemic. I have purchased several templates from her. I would also say that you need to make sure as it is with any legal template, it is a template. So you need to have your own lawyer look it over and make sure that it works for your particular state, but it's at least a place to start. You're going to want to make sure that you have that liability addendum in your contract, either as a part of your contract or as a standalone document um, in connection with your contract. If you don't have a contract, you should also rectify that situation as well. So that's my next little spot on making sure that you have your basis covered as a business owner because doing sessions right now in the midst of a pandemic, which we're still in the midst of, carries a lot of legal ramifications with it if you do not have your basis covered. You also want to make sure that you are carrying liability insurance. If you are operating as a business, if you are taking money in any shape or form, you need to have yourself set up legally. And I can't stress enough how important and necessary and vital that is right now. If you weren't doing it before, you need to do it now. Because just with everything going on when it comes to deposits, when it comes to refunds, when it comes to cancellations, when it comes to rescheduling, when it comes to liability, you need to be clear about your process. As a wedding photographer, I can tell you that what I have seen most frequently in the photographer groups that I am in for the last eight weeks comes back down to the contract. So you need to make sure that you have a good, solid contract. So that's my little spiel on making sure you have your legal bases covered because you should. Because if you are operating as a business and receiving money and don't have them and you're not registered, then you're not working legally. So that's just my little PSA for you. So then the final thing that I want to talk to you about is pricing during a pandemic. So I think all of us are feeling the crunch right now to feel like we've lost two months of potential revenue. And I am definitely feeling that as well. And pricing in general, uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about my overarching philosophy on that. I would say this, I am not one for, and I could tell you this even when it comes to Hello Storyteller, I'm not one for 
discounting sessions or doing a bunch of sales because I think in the long run, it devalues you as a business owner and devalues your product. However, I think there is something to be said for understanding the financial position that people are in right now. And if they are looking to invest with you, of making sure that perhaps you look at your own cost of doing business and see if there's room for you to maybe add a different package in. Maybe it's a lower package. Maybe it's a smaller package. Maybe it's a different type of package. Maybe you didn't normally offer mini sessions, but you're going to offer a one-time mini session deal. I still think it's super important as business owners that you're making sure to price yourselves to make a profit. But again, my profit margin and your profit margin are two entirely different things. You know, even in the state of Massachusetts, like I, I can't look at what my photographer friends charge in Boston and compare that to what I charge in my part of the state because the cost of living just in the state of Massachusetts are so wildly different. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're pricing yourself for a profit, but you also want to make sure that, you know, that you're being potentially considerate of where people are. It doesn't mean that you need or should be discounting for everybody. I am still running my sessions as normal. I have the same prices, but I am requiring a much smaller upfront deposit. I am offering payment plans in a way that I didn't before to make it more manageable for people. So there's little things that you can do that make the investment piece of it maybe a little bit easier on your clients. So those are just some things to think about. Now, I'm going to do a really quick spiel on pricing in general. And I know that I'm going to potentially ruffle some feathers here and that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so here's what I'll say about pricing in general, because this is probably one of the other big questions that I always get is how much do I charge and how do I price myself and what should I do? And here's the thing. First and foremost, you need to know your cost of doing business. What does it cost you to get up and get out the door and do a session. And that's going to look different from person to person to person. You know, are you the full-time breadwinner for your family? Is this a hobby? Is this a side gig for you? This is another way for you to kind of make a little bit of money. Um, are you carrying health insurance? Do you have a studio rent to pay for, right? So I can't tell you what your cost of doing business is, but you have to look at all your business expenses and figure out what your overhead is every month. Then you need to look at the market that you're in, okay? So as I mentioned, in Massachusetts, the cost of living in Boston is ridiculously high <laughs> as opposed to Western Mass, where it's, I mean, still high in terms of like the national average for the country, but in comparison to Boston, it's less than half. So I have friends who photograph in Boston who charge probably three to $400 more than I do per session because of their cost of living. If I tried to charge that where I lived, it would not work. And now some people price themselves high because they only want to take on a small number of clients and that works for them and that's fine. Here's the other piece that I'll say to you. You will, if you spend any time at all in a photography group of any kind, not Hello Storyteller, but other ones, you will see photographers complaining about people that aren't charging enough money. Here's my take on that. You don't need to worry about those photographers, okay? What you do need to worry about is who your ideal client is. Who do you want to shoot? Who are your people? Because that's who you should be marketing to, okay? So the photographers in my community who are charging, you know, $50 for a three-hour session and giving them 100 images, 
right? The people that choose to go to them, they're not my clients. I'm not threatened by them. I'm not worried about them because they're not my clients, right? And I said this on the Instagram story or the Instagram takeover, you know, Gucci is not worrying about Walmart, okay? And that's not a diss at Walmart, but Gucci's clientele are not going to Walmart and vice versa, okay? So if I'm spending all my time worrying about how other people are pricing themselves, I'm spending my energy in places it doesn't need to be, okay? So I need to know who my ideal client is. I need to figure out who they are. Where do they live? What do they drive? What do they like? What do they invest in, right? I need to know that so I can market to that group of people. I also need to take my experience into consideration, okay? So here's the thing. If you were putting an addition on your house, okay, and you had several options in front of you, and one of those builders had been doing it for 25 years. He had, you know, 300 glowing reviews about how great his work was, how responsible he was, how timely he was, and he's charging you X amount of dollars, okay? The next person that is referred to you seems like he knows his stuff, right? He or she, I suppose, knows their stuff, but he's only been in business for a couple of months, and he's only got like one or two kind of major projects under his belt, but they're both charging the same amount of money. You want to tell me that you wouldn't be looking at your partner going like, what does this guy think he is? <laughs> He's been in the business for like four seconds. He thinks he can charge as much as this guy, right? That's how you would think about it because that's, you expect people to charge more based on their experience, okay? Every other cost being the same, right? Equipment costs, material costs being what they are, you would expect to probably pay a little bit more for somebody who has a bit more experience. The same thing applies to photographers. And this is where people are going to get their feathers all ruffled up, right? As artists, we have a tendency to be a little bit self-absorbed. We're kind of a sensitive group, <laughs> right? And so we're like, people need to pay me for my art. That's true. You should be pricing yourself for a profit. But you also need to keep in mind your experience and your skill set and how you can show your value to your clients. So I've only been doing wedding photography for, this is, I would say, my second full year of doing that. I did 15 weddings last year. I had 15 weddings this year. They've all moved pretty much to next year. But I started doing weddings four years ago. I had like a handful that I randomly got. Well, I did those, right? I knew my skill set. I knew that I'd be great at weddings, right? I knew I didn't have any qualms at all about my ability to capture that wedding technically soundly and artistically, but I had nothing to show for it. I got a little full of myself, I got a little big for my britches and I jacked up my prices and I had a couple of potential clients. And when I showed them my prices, they were like, yeah, no, we're good. Thanks. Right. Because I literally had done three weddings <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to pay you. $3,000 when you've done two weddings. Okay. So I had to check my ego and I had to readjust my pricing. And then when I had 10 weddings under my belt, I raised those prices. And when I had 10 more weddings under my belt, I raised them again. And now I'm at a price point that is comfortable for me, that works for me, that I feel good about, that I feel like I'm being compensated well for, but it took time to get there. So what I will say to you is this, ignore the photographers in your groups that are saying that people that are pricing themselves too low are messing it up for everybody else. 
they're not focused on the on their own brand or their own client, right? They're worrying about everybody else. You keep your eyes on the prize. You focus on your client, your ideal client, your heck yes client. You market to those people and you take accurate stock of your experience and your skill set and what you have to offer to those clients and you show your value, okay? Ultimately, you can charge whatever you want. You need to be able to show your client the value in investing that much money in you. So that's the end of my little spiel on pricing. <laughs> but I will just say this, you know, this is a really, it's a really trying time as a small business owner across the board, photography or otherwise. And the best thing that you can do right now is to support other small business owners. My husband and I have made a point during this quarantine, as much as it was financially responsible for us to do so, to shop small, to go get coffee from a local spot, to, you know, to buy flowers from the local flower, you know, local florist to, you know, whatever it is, we're looking to small businesses, right? I am tagging businesses. I'm sharing them. I'm putting word out there. Even other people that would maybe potentially be considered competition for me. There is enough people to go around. Okay. So, and here's the thing. People will remember that you were supportive of them. And I truly believe that what you put out into the world, you get back. Maybe not immediately, but at some point you do. So if you want people to support you, you need to also support them. And you can do that from your, from your desk in your house, your town, right? And also sharing small businesses that maybe are not in your area, right? So if I buy something on Etsy from a small business, you better believe I'm sharing that. If I'm, you know, if I'm investing in things or purchasing things as gifts, you best believe I'm sharing that, right? But my focus right now and has been for this whole pandemic is to focus on small businesses because we are the ones that are feeling it the most right now. And I just believe it's, it's important to be a good steward of the field that you're in and to be supportive of one another and there's enough to go around and you need to live in an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset and stop worrying about other businesses that maybe could be considered your competition and figure out how you can extend a hand to help each other out. So that's a little bit of my business outlook and overview of how to kind of make it work through these, you know, these next couple of months, if you have been able to make it through these last couple of months. And I'll just put a little plug out there for myself too, and let you know that if you have any more in-depth questions about these topics, I do offer mentoring through Hello Storyteller. I really love working with other photographers and helping them be able to put a business plan together for themselves. I've been really fortunate and lucky and through a lot of hard work, I've been running a growing profitable photography business for the last four years. Obviously, I, I work with Hello Storyteller. I'm the CFO for them as well. And it's just an area that I really love being able to help people in. So if you're looking for more one-on-one -on -one attention to ask your questions, to get them answered, feel free to send me an email, melissa at melissaortendallphotography.com, and we can get you set up. It's also available on the Hello Storyteller website as well. If you look under the mentoring tab, I am there. So I think that's it on that particular topic. So I hope that was helpful and that maybe helps you have an idea of next steps to take. 
and just know that we're we're here if you have questions or you need help or support if you're not already a part of the hello storyteller community you should totally come and join us it's a really really it's a really special group and i don't just say that because i'm part of it but it really is it's such a supportive environment and our community is so super active right meg like they're just oh totally they're just amazing when it comes to any kind of types of questions artistic questions business questions like resources it's a really great group to be a part of so if you've found yourself kind of struggling to find a spot you should totally come over and check us out yes and we will link this in the uh information on the podcast as well and you can visit us at www.hellostoryteller.com and we've got like some exciting stuff happening behind we the scenes do. here we can't wait to share with you guys soon yeah. but yeah lots and lots and lots of new things it's gonna mm-hmm. give me a heart attack <laughs> melissa it's gonna, it's gonna be good it's gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> mama's having a heart attack it's gonna be fine beat breast mag you're okay <laughs> <sighs> All right, friends. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And Mel, thank you so much for all your biz talk. I was just sitting here listening to all the great information you're sharing. <laughs> so making notes of my own here. Awesome. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, hang in there, friends, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.